T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. The Mark Reardon Show. The man's got guts. He's got oranges the size of beach balls. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. This is the Mark Reardon Show. Good afternoon as we get started here for a Wednesday edition of the show on just a beautiful, beautiful day in St. Louis with lots of sunshine. Sue had already raised the question as she walked into the room, why aren't we outside? That's something Seems we should like do. Seems like a really good day for a live broadcast. Look at that temperature, 59 degrees. Woo. The feels like temperature is also 59 degrees right now wow. and the stretch of weather we're going to enjoy is pretty good here uh, i guess a little cooler tomorrow with some rain but then well i lied because friday's going to be 40 so that's not so great but i, I see temperatures warm up again yeah like... it does next saturday sunday monday <sighs> it looks pretty good for the next week or so but this is really beautiful by the way on the uh, the topic and i think we mentioned this a little bit and i don't know how much i'm supposed to say but we have some um jane said this on friday you weren't here she said hey when are we going to do some field trips and I said, we're going to do some field trips because we have Fish Fry Fridays, which is not easy to Woo-hoo! say. I've got to practice that a Oh, little that bit. makes me so happy. So I think for most of the uh, Friday Fish Fries during Lent, we will be out doing the Reardon Roundtable and the rest of the show on location. And it's going to really be easy on you for the first one because I think we're at St. Stephen's in South City. So you, you basically, you I'm could walk. Right. You could walk yeah, to St. Stephen's. Maybe I will. You better bring, at least temporarily, <laughs> bring one of those bulldogs. Okay. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah, I don't know if you could have them there for the whole- uh, see if Mike could whole... take them home. Right, right. Yeah, that could be- All right, anyway. let's think about which one. All right. I I can tell you what day that's going to be on, but I'm not exactly sure. And I'm probably not even supposed to say it yet, but we'll, we'll find out and we're going to spread the word about that here very, very soon. All right. We got a, a lot of stuff coming up. I'm really looking forward to a conversation later this hour. Nick Garner is going to be here. He's the CEO of the Every True Tiger Foundation in Mizzou. That's the group which is called the, um, the NIL Collective, the Name, Image, and Likeness. There's actually a story in the local paper today about SLU doing this as well. So this is, you know, the, the court ruling came... 
uh, through a couple years ago. They passed legislation where these kids can be compensated, so they set up this collective where people, even like you and me, can donate. Really? Uh, anybody can donate. Five bucks, ten bucks, or you can be a big donor and you know put millions into the collective. But the way that it works and the, uh, the limits and the restrictions, I don't even know if there are. We're going to talk with Nick Garner, who's in town. I'm going to get a chance to, to see. I've never met Coach Gates, and I don't know that he's going to be in a particularly good mood because Mizzou got smoked last night. I mean, just oh, destroyed really by bad. Bruce Pearl and Auburn. Mm, yeah. I, I was I was on the way home, and I started getting text messages, and I was only 10 minutes away from downtown. The, the game started at 6. But I love Coach Gates. Haven't had a chance to meet him. Uh, he'll be there. They're, they're doing an event uh, tonight in Ladue about this, trying to you know snag some big donors. Clearly not me. I told him I'd write a check. It just won't clear. <laughs> but Nick's coming up. Uh, Paul Mirangoff's also coming up this hour, who's a blogger for Powerline. Well, used to be with Powerline. And he writes at Substack now and wrote a great piece about social studies curriculum and how woke that's become. Um, Wednesday means Alex Rich and Hayes drop by in the next hour. So we have a bunch of stuff going. Oh, and Chip Carey's going to. I'm excited about that. Yeah, he'll be on the phone, I think. But Chip is the new broadcaster for Bally Sports Midwest. we got a lot of baseball talk because spring training has started. So that's going to be exciting as well. i got a few things here audio-wise that I might as well just dive into as we get started. I don't know if you saw the video or heard anything from what happened in Buffalo, but they sentenced that. And, I, you know, Sue, I have a bit of a practice where I don't like saying the names of the um, Those who the commit mass shooters, these crimes, yes. But it got really kind of interesting because they do these victim impact statements right before the uh, the sentencing. And when that happened this morning, there was somebody that was making a statement. And then I don't know if I'm not exactly sure what happened at this moment. You'll hear that things kind of got a little crazy. He was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. But here was what happened during one of these victim impact statements. Uh, I got to turn it up, don't I? Here we go. You don't come to our city and decide you don't like black people. Man, you don't know a damn thing about black people. We're human. We like our kids to go to good schools. We love our kids. We never go in no neighborhoods and take people out. Don't do it. Yeah, that was the that was the confrontation there. And so that was Barbara Maps was the woman that you heard. She's the sister of Catherine Massey, who was one of the victims. And by the way, I give I give credit to the judge in this particular case because the judge described each victim as she handed down the sentence. There were ten counts of first degree murder, one count of domestic terrorism, three counts of second degree attempted murder, one count of second criminal possession of the weapon, and he will spend the rest of his life in prison. Now, there were a couple of people that were quoted. Wait, this, remind me which case this is. This is, is Buffalo, where at the grocery store. This oh, the, okay. The situation at the grocery store where he killed, you know, Good 10 grief. people in that massacre. There was somebody that was quoted as saying they, they hope that he lives in prison because then he's got to suffer and think about this every day. This is the kind of guy, though. I mean, let's, let's think about it. I don't know how isolated he can be, but... Even when we talked with uh, former state senator Jeff Smith about his time in prison, you know, he went to federal prison. He didn't go to like the, the 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 rough murderers prison, but he even said in that particular situation, it's very segregated. Right, the races are very segregated. So this comes to mind because you'd have to think that when this kid starts um, hanging with the skinheads and everything, that a lot of the other people are not going to like that very much. So <laughs> does he survive? Does he get taken out? I'd be fine either way. I I do want as a fan of the death penalty, by the way. I, uh, and I think what happened in Michigan yesterday is a perfect situation for that, especially when the guy got out when he wasn't supposed to. Uh, I, I think that I can see both sides of it. I can see removing someone from the planet and, and having the ultimate form of justice, but I can also see 
a victim saying, look, I hope you have to rot and spend all that time in prison as well. Here's a story that caught my interest today, and this is really stunning. We keep finding out a little bit more about what happened a couple of weeks ago with the Chinese spy balloon. Tell me if you saw this one coming. I don't know what to make of it here. CBS News has learned U.S. intelligence had actually been tracking the balloon when it took off from Hainan Island off of the South China coast last month. At that point, it then started drifting towards Guam and Hawaii before making a northward turn up to Alaska. Officials say it's possible the balloon was blown off its initial course by weather, but they insist the Chinese still had control of it as it came south over the lower 48 states. As for the three objects shot down this weekend by these U.S. fighter jets, the strongest theory now from the intelligence community is that the objects are benign. There's still no word on the condition of the wreckage. All right, so basically they knew that this thing was was coming the whole time and they didn't do anything. And then there's also a report that so, shows that the, uh, the Chinese... The Chinese government may have made a mistake, too, where they didn't intend to fly it across the whole country. So we both are a bunch of idiots in our governments, it's essentially. So, Beijing what, and it's just crazy. In Washington. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Senator Kennedy has been kind of talking about this quite a bit from Louisiana, still saying we don't know a lot here. I get the impression that had a civilian not sighted the balloon and reported it to the media, that the Biden administration would have would not have said anything. The president needs to talk straight up to the American people. Uh, and he hasn't done that yet. I don't know if you've no, noticed. No. The other question that Senator Kennedy is addressing, and this is one that the president should address as well, because people have so many questions. I saw a round of interviews on this on Fox today. We spent a fair amount of time on the train derailment yesterday, but here he is on that. Well, this is why God made pipelines. They're much safer than trucks or trains. Now, I understand this particular chemical uh, could, could not have been transported by a pipeline. Um, but but all you can do is require the truckers and require the railroads to be as safe as they possibly can. But when you can, do it through a pipeline. Mm. Much safer. And, and I regret the fact that that uh, the Biden administration seems to, to, to look, look askance at all pipelines, perhaps because of their connection to chemicals and natural gas. So if you lived in this area of East Palestine, Ohio right now, would you want to be at your home or in your neighborhood? Because what we're hearing, and I did spend some time on this yesterday with a reporter who was there on the scene, and I think there were more questions than answers. But here's Mike DeWine, who's the governor of Ohio, saying... Uh, things that I think people should be alarmed by. So will you drink the water? If you're there in that area, should you drink the water? He basically says, ah, maybe bottle water. We just got back. Uh, I was just handed a couple minutes ago the results of the testing of the village's water supply. There's five separate wells. And we now have results back from all the wells. All the wells indicate uh, the testing is negative. It's clear. All right, wait, I got to correct myself here because I had an earlier soundbite. This is from early this afternoon. I had an earlier soundbite where DeWine said, no, probably stick to bottled water. Now he's saying, and people are really not trusting the situation with the government. Yeah. Well, I know there's a pattern here, but now he's saying it's safe. Uh, That water certainly can can be uh, consumed by, by residents. I know people have been concerned about that. You know, we advise people until we got the testing back. We advise them, you know, don't drink the water, uh, you know, use bottled water. But the experts all along told us, look, these wells are so deep. Uh, we yeah. don't see that how that any kind of problem at so all. You're- uh, 
I, you know, I don't know what to believe here, but I don't think it's a good situation. I'll tell you that right now. They don't know what's going on, and a lot of people are really worried. There's animals dying and questions about whether they can breathe properly. We'll take a break here. We're coming back with Paul Mirangoff, who is a retired attorney. He uh, writes for Substack now, wrote a great piece about the social studies curriculum in high schools and how woke that is. Nick Garner, who's the CEO of the Every True Tiger Foundation, which is the NIL component at Mizzou, is going to visit with us at 345. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I'm looking forward to meeting Nick Garner, who is the uh, guy who runs the Every True Tiger Foundation at Mizzou, which is the NIL Collective. It's how they raise money to compensate the players, which is very different than the way that it used to be. Nick's coming up here right around 345. We have Sue's News in the next hour. Alex Rich and Hayes drop by from Y98 on a Wednesday afternoon as well. So I've talked quite a bit about the uh, College Board's AP Social Studies courses and some of the changes and everything that's going on with Ron DeSantis. And uh, I, I saw a piece that was on Substack that certainly caught my attention, written by Paul Mirangoff on some of this. And one of the reasons that this interests me with social studies in particular is because I am the parent of an indoctrinator in the Columbia Public Schools. My son Aiden oh, is boy. 23 years old, and he's a social studies teacher for the... 10th grade. And the honest to God, Sue, this is a quote over the holidays. He basically admitted that he was indoctrinating the kids. And I, I don't oh engage. Oh, my gosh. I, I, see, and I have to have a, I have a don't ask, don't tell policy or a don't ask, don't engage policy at home. But I want to welcome Paul into the fold here. So some of this is a little personal to me. How are you, Paul? I'm doing well. How are you? Fine. You, you said that I've tried to get Stanley on the air. You, you wrote that you've kind of you know, studied what Stanley Kurtz has, has written about this college board and the AP classes in the past, and I've, I've certainly been all over that as well. But one of your questions is, what about outside of advanced placement, right? How are these things being communicated to the rest of the kids? And you have some insight now, don't you? I do, straight from the uh, D.C. Uh, equivalent of the Board of Education. They're, uh, they've, they've come out with new guidelines they've, uh, for teaching social studies from, I won't say the cradle to the grave, but from kindergarten to 12th grade. Every year is covered. Every year is woke. 
And, uh, you know, it almost doesn't matter what they're going to do with uh, the college board uh, for AP if you've already been thoroughly indoctrinated by the time you get to high school. So what is it? Because you do a good job here of chronicling the differences between the old curriculum and the new curriculum. Draw a couple of stark differences through. I mean, this starts in kindergarten. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, in kindergarten, they're, they're, they're going to start teaching about different kinds of families, most notably LGBTQ families. Seems a little early for that in kindergarten. In, 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 by the time they get to third grade, they're going to be affirming, uh, uh, talking about safe spaces. They call them affirming spaces. Those are the places where people can hide out when they hear stuff that <laughs> That it isn't woke that they don't like. And wait, wait. This is this is taught in a social studies class in third grade. Yeah, in yeah. third grade, it's it's replacing it's replacing you know tra- more traditional stuff uh, about local governments. It's it's our introduction to like local governments. Instead of talking about much about local governments, they're going to be talking about affirming spaces to make snowflakes uh, as, as early age as possible. Um, by the fourth grade, they're they're emphasizing. Colonization. They're treating, you know, the foundation of America as colonization. They're introducing everyone to 1619 when slaves uh, came to the shores, which is certainly an important date, but it's basically an entree into the 1619 project, which treats 1619 as our founding fundamental date rather than 1776 or, or, or 1789 when we developed the Constitution. I don't see anything in there about how the U.S., the America was the first. Uh, group to overthrow a, a colonial it's power. It's utterly ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Now let's get to the sixth grade here because this is, I think this one is particularly interesting. The standards previously asked students to acquire framework for thinking geographically by demonstrating the ability to locate continents, major bodies of water, uh, etc. The new standards ask students to consider who is harmed by border policies, how racism, privilege, and bias affect the way resources are distributed, and how that distribution has influenced racism and imperialism. Now I would sub- submit that maybe that that's a topic for maybe an AP course when you're a junior or senior, certainly a college course. But that's sixth grade, right, Paul? I know. It's, it's unbelievable. And, uh, and also included in that is, is they're going to discuss the United Nations 17 uh, Sustainable, <laughs> Sustainable Development Code uh, which, and, and global warming. So this is like really thoroughgoing, thoroughgoing indoctrination uh, against, against anyone who wants to enforce a border in the United States against anyone who doesn't want to completely revamp our economy according to the, uh, along UN guidelines in order to deal with the climate. I mean, sixth grade is, it, it, it's really the worst one. I'm glad you flagged it. So what, what is, you know, I, I guess this is a rhetorical question on what is the end goal. One of the things I'd like to ask one of the, um, you know, indoctrinators out there, maybe I'll ask my son at, at some point, what, <laughs> what is, the, but I'm, I'm serious about this. What is the ultimate point of all this? Now, I think the ultimate point is they don't like capitalism and they don't like this country, right? I don't have any problem with kids at a certain age. Certainly my daughter is in, you know, second grade right now. So it's hard for me to think that until she's in 10th, 11th, 12th grade, that she'll be able to really understand some of these things. But you have a situation right now where I don't even know that you can trust anything that's happening in the schools, Paul. And I don't know if that means private schools or public schools, because I think the private schools are doing this too, aren't they? Uh, Around here they are. I'm in Washington, D.C., and they certainly are. In fact, they've kind of led the charge um, because they can really do what they want. There are some minor political constraints, maybe not in D.C., but in Maryland, but yeah, no private. There's no escape in private schools unless you handpick one that find one that's really you know on point and anti woke. I, I agree with you. The end goal is to, is to 
make people, you know, make people hate America, to make people view themselves as, as victims um, so that they can't, you know, do anything for themselves. Um, there, there's one thing where in fourth grade, the, the entrepreneurial spirit of, of explorers is attacked. Entrepreneurship in general, you know, is, is minimized. And, and uh, the, you know, how are people going to function? They're not teaching them how to read and write. That's in, the D, in D.C., like it's by about 20 percent of students, you know, meet minimum proficiencies. And now on top of that, they're going to make them feel like, you know, they, they can't get ahead. Uh, the man is going to keep them down because of their race. It's it's it's. Just what you say. You know, I, I've offered you this guy's name has come up quite a bit in the past couple of weeks just because of the Super Bowl. But I've offered this example in the past of Colin Kaepernick because Colin Kaepernick comes out. You know, he takes a knee. I don't care. Whatever. But he takes a knee. And he comes into this news conference in the aftermath of that game years ago. And he wears basically a T-shirt that pays homage to one of the most oppressive regimes on the planet in modern history, the Castro regime, right? And the cases made by these people who put together the social studies standards and some of this other nonsense, Paul, as you know, that this country is somehow more oppressive than communist China or communist Cuba. We are far from perfect. We have terrible stains in the past. I think we can all recognize that. But one of the issues that I have with all of this crap is that it never, ever, ever recognizes our evolution and our progress, of which we've had many. Absolutely. And I want to make one more quick point about what they're trying to do. In eighth grade, they, they go with action civics. Action civics is not the civics that, that we learned in school. It's basically a lesson in instruction and activism. And students are asked to find you know, things to go and protest against. They're actually recruiting shock troops uh, for, for leftist causes. And that's in eighth grade. uh, Well, but I'm sure, I am certain that some of this will be balanced into the uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade with the writings of Thomas Sowell and Glenn Lowry to, you know, right? There's going to be balance. You know there will be eventually. Oh, my God. Yeah, as if. I don't know how we get out of this. This this is really frightening me because I, I mentioned I've got two kids that are lost when it comes to being anarchists. They're just anarchists. I don't know what to do. I still love them. But I, I'm telling you, it's it's problematic. With the little one, I'd love to. I'm already thinking about private school. People have asked me, why do you have her in public school? Yeah, it's a good question, right? I'm not convinced that the private school option will be any better whatsoever when it comes to indoctrination. So where does that leave you? I don't have the time nor the brains to homeschool, Paul. So <laughs> I, it, it's it's problematic. It really is. I know, I know. Well, if, I think if you do uh, enough research, you might find uh, an yeah. acceptable um, private school. Around here, there yeah. are a couple, but uh, the vast majority are as bad or worse. Um, I, I think, you know, hopefully the market will take care of it, uh, at some, but, but, but maybe it'll be too late by then. I mean, if, if parents like you, uh, you know, generate demand for this sort of thing, eventually... The market will provide it, but who knows when? Well, but again, then again, you almost have to think of it this way. We have, what, maybe three more years left on this planet, according to Greta Thunberg and others. We're, we're down to <laughs> yeah. the count of the final yeah, countdown. So what does it really matter in the end? Paul, thank you. Paul Mirangoff wrote about this on the um, on the Substack, and um, you can find it. It's called Washington, D.C.'s New Woke Anti-American Social Studies Curriculum. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Great, great time. Thank you. Well, I have uh, kind of talked a little bit about the NIL situation. There's a story in our local paper today about SLU and their NIL collective. It just so happens that Nick Garner is in town. He's the chief executive officer of Every True Tiger Foundation. That is the NIL 
uh, collective for my alma mater, Mizzou. And we're going to talk about that this afternoon. Nick Garner, how are you? I'm doing good, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming in. Uh, maybe we should start with what the hell happened last night. That was maybe an aberration, <laughs> right? I wasn't even, so I get off the air here at 6 o'clock, and by, I think it was 10 after 6, I was getting text messages, and I thought, well, the game just started. How can it be? I hadn't flipped it on. It's a different station. Don't want to really turn that on. But um, these things happen in college basketball, don't they? They, they do. And, you know, the, the guys were had a great game Saturday night. Uh, in Knoxville, they stayed. They didn't come back to Columbia. I heard that. So yeah. they were, you know, you never know, right? They're they're. Yeah, is that a going, good thing or a bad yeah, thing? You have to wonder. I, I get knows? it. I mean, from, from a logistics. Yeah, standpoint. logistically, it makes sense, but it, it's got to be take a toll on a kid, you know, to be in a hotel three, four nights in I a row. I would think so. And then to come out and play in an environment that's tough. You know, Auburn is. You know, they're not. Um, you know, that's a tough place to it play. Is. It is. So. And I like Coach Pearl. I go way back with Coach Pearl to when he was at UW-Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Way back in right. the day. All right, well, let's um, let's get to know you a little bit. We'll talk about what name, image, and likeness is and define it here in just a second. But i got to find out a little bit about Nick Garner. My um, my friend Ken Dubinsky, who does a little work with Mizzou, used to work back in the day when I was there. We went to school together about the same time, and then he stayed in Columbia like me. But we had lunch this week, and he mentioned that you were going to be in town. I thought it was a great opportunity to you know, get to know you, educate the audience a little bit about what's going on out there but let's find out about Nick Garner because one of the things I asked you before you came in here you're not a Mizzou guy K-State guy but we can share a common bond can't we that's right our hatred for KU yeah thank that's you. right isn't that I'll great say it. yeah it's I'll not say as it. much yeah. fun as it used to be for me right you know because different conference obviously and then what happened in December and I'm I don't know about you, but I've I've been jealous just of the state of that program. And by the way, K-State's had a hell of a program oh, with yeah. college yeah, basketball, great, great too. Year. But I come from, an, and maybe this will kind of wind us into where we're at right now, I come from an era of Mizzou basketball in the mid-'80s to the mid-'90s that was just unbelievably fun yeah. with Coach Stewart. And, right. it, it, and the football program was really bad back then, so you needed basketball. But it's been frustrating to me. And I'll use last night as an example, even though last night was was terrible and I, it was too painful to watch. This team has not really given me a whole lot of reason to watch at this time of the year anyway in the past few seasons. So I think we're moving. I love Coach Gates. I haven't met him yet. Hopefully I'll meet him tonight because yeah, he's will. in town. But, man, it's it's just been fun. And I went to the game a couple weeks ago, the Alabama game. And I don't know if you have this perspective, Nick, because you're kind of new to Columbia, but the seats have been pretty empty in that stadium for a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I had a previous stint in Columbia. Oh, when you did? I, I had spent uh, 16 years with Learfield on the multimedia oh, yeah, right somebody side. told me that. That's so, right. So um, I was the GM at Mizzou from about uh, 16 through 19, um, 2019. So I have a you know previous experience but as you said a lot of empty seats yeah you know lost the flair that was once there in the era that you talk about and it feels like that you know growing up even a, a big eight big 12 fan myself uh, knowing the history of mizzou basketball is really important to know where mizzou's been um, because it gets i get the feel that, that that's coming back you know you go to games they're selling out you know yeah pretty much the rest of the season it's just the the momentum is there coach gates is just dynamic his personality is unbelievable and i don't think it's my imagination i brought this up to a couple of people but coach gates seems to have gone further in building a great relationship with coach stewart and i can hear it in coach stewart's voice when he talks about coach gates right absolutely and if you talk to which you'll find out when you talk to coach gates if you spend five minutes with him you just know he was born to be a basketball yeah. coach you just get the feel that uh, that he brings together a group of kids that, you know, 
I mean, look at what they've done in one season. Well, coaching makes a difference, yeah. and this is a great example. Uh, what you do is not only about basketball, obviously timed because of the season right now, but the Every True Tiger Foundation is about um, more than basketball, and obviously football in particular at Mizzou. But let's let's back up here, Nick, because when I talk about this with people just friends in general. They don't know much about it. They know that college athletes are, are getting compensated right now. They probably heard about the case, but what is name, image, and likeness? Let's talk about the definition of it. First yeah, really the definition of name, image, and likeness, or really NIL, it's really the opportunity for student athletes to monetize the use of their name, image, and likeness. So prior to July of 2021, there was no monetization off of a, a student athletes in IL. So what they really had was uh, they went to class, you know, they they were in the gym, you know, doing forty hours plus a week, representing their university, um, you know, their performance on the field and uh, on the court that really directly affected it affects enrollment. You know, I mean, when you have a good basketball football program, things like that, enrollment, you know, seems to absolutely you know, rise at the same time, but they were getting no compensation or anything for that. And people are selling jerseys and, you know, doing whatever off their NIL. So when that legislation was passed on July 1st, uh, 2021, it unlocks the opportunity now for student athletes to be able to comp- be compensated for their name, image, and likeness use. Now that doesn't mean that they get paid to play. What it means is, is that, you know, people like us, collectives that come together and uh, really raise the funds to create an IL opportunities for the student athletes to go out and to do good work in the community, to work for brands, to do whatever that is that that creates opportunities to be able to be compensated for that. So um, it's just a new world. You know, previously, and I'll, you know, we don't have to go into the details here, but there's a lot of people that kids you know, they couldn't even uh, pay for gas money. Well, some home. of the rules were just right. ridiculous, yeah, right? Crazy. They were ridiculous. Right. And, and they over the years, I've covered this for years, and I think if I went back to my talk shows in the early 90s, we were talking about whether or not we should pay athletes, right? right. And all those examples kept coming up over the decades. We were like, really? They, this is a violation when they paid for a trip for mom to get to the game or something. Some of that was stupid. Now, you, we can have debates over whether or not this is the right way to go, but this is the situation we have right now. Right. So we, we have to confront it. Let me... Um, let me ask sort of you to walk me through. Let's say Mark Reardon is coming into Mizzou to be a Division One racquetball player because, Nick, I've taken up the game that died 40 years ago recently again, right? I love it. And I'm getting my ass kicked, but that's okay. Let's say that I'm, I'm on scholarship to Mizzou and I come in and I'm, I'm interested in name, image, and likeness. So does it have to go through the collective? Can it be separate? How does this all work? Yeah, it then? does not have to. Okay. And you know, we're not exclusive in that sense. Um, however, you know, uh, Mizzou student athletes, all 550 of them, they have the opportunity to uh, create a profile on the Open Doors marketplace that exists, you know, right now. So uh, uh, an individual can go and, and do a deal directly with the student athlete. And this is m- b- women's softball, women's basketball, Anyone. men's, any, any athlete, right? Any athlete. Okay. So there's that opportunity there. The collective, you know, our real approach, and, and a lot of Power 5 schools, they really um, be, these collectives began to pop up over the past probably 12 to 18 months as an effort to really pool the resources together to be able to create the opportunities for student athletes. And our, you know, one of the big things for us is we have the opportunity to support any of the 550 student athletes. So if you if you came to the collective and said, hey, I'm a big wrestling supporter. I really believe in Mizzou wrestling. I love Brian Smith, what he's doing with that program. I want to really help support NIL opportunities for the wrestling program. We would take your contribution. We would apply that to the fund that we 
will create NIL opportunities for our rest. So athletes. it would be it's separated out per sport that sure, way. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So when when let's just talk about basketball and football. When people are donating to the collective, then that money would be a pool of money to use for whatever athlete the collective deems. Correct. Yeah, we have a board, a great board, a great supporters that are you know deeply involved in the space, and so um, based on that, we will take um, you know those funds and and distribute those appropriately. But if a if a donor um, does make a designation to a particular sport, which you'll see if you go to EveryTrueTiger.org, you can see the first step is selecting your program. So you can also select general fund, but really you can select your program that you want to support and then how you want to contribute and be a part of that. But in that particular situation, just because the big sports are basketball, men's basketball, and football, you could have someone who is a big donor for football come in with a with a big amount of money. Are there limits on the donations? That's no, a question. No limits. No limits you know, at all? Whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. And really for us, there's a pillar of what we're doing that – uh, we want to apply to everyone. This is not just a major donor opportunity. This is we want every Mizzou stakeholder, recent graduate, fans of Mizzou, people that just support the university, support the programs to be able to be a part of it. So we are we have created a model where people can select their donation amount. They can do it monthly. They can get it's kind of a subscription model. You can do five dollars a month. You can do fifty dollars a month. You can do a hundred dollars a month. You can do a one-time donation of five hundred dollars. So there's really not a limit. Um, a low or high limit on how people. Yeah, can that's be interesting. See, I didn't know that. Nick Garner is here. He is the chief executive officer of Every True Tiger Foundation. That's the NIL um, opportunity that's at the uh, University of Missouri. So, on those individual donations, though, that that just done on the website. Where do you go for that? Yeah, so you can go to EveryTrueTiger.org, and when you go to our website, what you'll see on there is you can find out about who we are. You can find out a little bit about NIL because, again. You and I are talking about it today, but we this talk, is all new. We could talk hours about yeah. NIL because that alone is an educational piece that everyone needs. If anyone says they're an expert in NIL, they're probably lying experts, and it's changing every day. So um, if you go to our website, you can find out a little bit about what's happening, what our mission is, um, who we are, our team, you know, not just myself, but Lawrence Bowers and Bud Sasser, two former student athletes. I remember Lawrence Bowers yeah, and so, Bud Sasser for so, sure. And yeah. they have a great, they, they're tremendous businessmen now, but they also have a great story to tell because they were around when there was not NIL. And I so love they, that. Can, they can tell that story. Uh, they'll be there tonight. Um, but I think what you'll find is that uh, that'll give you the information. It'll tell you how you can be involved, how you can select your program. So that's really the place for who, people who to go. polices this. Is it the NCAA that polices it, or are, is there somebody yeah, else? So, Since we got money involved yeah, here too. Well, the NCAA really oversees what's happening um, inside the space. Collectives, you know, we're not directly affiliated with athletic departments, but the the Missouri state law does allow us to to really collaborate with athletics with our coaches. Um, but what we do is independent of that. What happens is the NCAA polices to the extent that they can what's happening in collectives and, you know, what's happening really in NIL in general, collectives being one element that are a part of it. One of the reasons that I know a little bit about this is because I was lucky enough last summer to have dinner with Coach Drink and, um, sadly, DJ Demetrius Johnson, yeah. who uh, passed away recently. I've got, I, you know, I got to know him over just the past probably two and a half years. And that was a, obviously a big bummer what happened to Demetrius. But, you know, just in talking with that situation, we were, we were working on my friend Rex Singfield that night to make a little donation to the collective. And Rex's comment, and this is my question to you, is what, what do I get in return? Now, what I told Rex was, Rex, when I drive back from a football game, 
if Mizzou loses, I say the word that starts with F over and over again, your donation would help me probably reduce that level of profanity between Columbia and St. Louis, Nick. So I was kind of going for that angle. But when people say, what do I get out of this? What's the answer? If you're connected with the university, you get the pride of the program moving forward, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that that, you know, what you just said in your conversation with Rex is, that's valid, right, for any of us, because... Um, we believe in the program. We I mean, have a passion program. for it. You, you have a, you, you know, what you want to see is you want to see them be competitive on the field, on the court. And, and so really um, NIL allows us the opportunity to um, provide NIL opportunities for student athletes when they come to Mizzou. When they know they're, they're here, we provide them the opportunities. The more opportunities we can provide them, the more attractive it is for student athletes to to come to Mizzou, right? And so as we do that, what you'll see is the caliber, the competition around the league, around the conference. You'll see Mizzou be competitive, and it, and really it's because of what we can provide those student athletes when we're here. But if you listen to Coach Gates, you listen to Coach Drink, and any of our other coaches, you come first and foremost to play for the name on your jersey. Yeah. And when you come and you elevate your brand based on how you know your brand's naturally going to elevate. Kobe Brown's brand right now is. It's, it's pretty relevant. Yeah, it's pretty right. high. Um, but Kobe built that. He, he's been here four years, five years. He's built his brand. But now Kobe's value in IL is much higher than most student athletes. But when Kobe got here as a freshman, right, nobody knew he was. Right. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating. And, you know, I, I think to a certain extent, this might not be your particular area. I think it was even Coach Drink who might have referred to it. I don't want to assign this to him as a bit of the wild, wild west out there when it comes right. to recruiting. But recruiting is different than NIL, but obviously they cross over. There's a direct relationship there. They do. And I think we, we try to stay out of the kind of the R word, so to speak. But, but what I'll say is, is that, um, and I've had this conversation a lot, I think the transfer portal has created a lot of the uh, instability that lies within NIL. And it's really created the atmosphere that you read about and you see, you know, a lot of reporting on, you know, high dollar figures. Oh, you know, and there's become, because right now it's, infancy stages of NIL. So the market's really not set. Right. You had the Florida case that was probably most prominent with $13 million right. on the line for a quarterback, which and is now stunning. What, and now what's he getting in Arizona State? Yeah. Well, no, right. nothing close to that, nothing. right? Yes. Yeah. So, but what happens is, is that those type of things, they kind of give a bad taste for NIL in general, because it's not really supposed to be about that. But what it is, is it, it's to create the opportunities to be, uh, an attractive place for student athletes to go to school, right? Because it is, it does become a part of of absolutely uh, of the pro, and it's it's relevant, right? It's important. Our coaches, the number one topic right now, but I think the transfer portal has created free agency by default because yeah, it has now kids can hop and go in these open portal windows, and hopefully the NCAA will do something about the transfer portal before they do anything. Yeah, right. About anything I think else. that's probably likely. Nick Garner, uh, let's test this out here a little bit. K State guy, but thanks for coming in. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. C did fine. Thank you very much. Great to meet you. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball.
football is in full swing, NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.